All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. This weekend, we have got a head-to-head matchup between ranked Pac-12 rivals, both trying to make headway here in the conference championship picture. We got number five, undefeated Washington, travels to number 24, two-loss USC on Saturday. Trojans, three-point underdog at home to the Huskies. Also, a battle between the defending Heisman Trophy winner in Caleb Williams and the current favorite in Michael Penix Jr. So to help us break this one down in all things Pac-12, frankly, Golick Sr. caught up with another former USC Heisman winner, Matt Leiner. Joining us now, Matt Leiner from Big Noon Kickoff on Fox and here to talk about Coke Zero Sugar as well. Matt, appreciate the time. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, Good to see you. Yeah, last time we kind of saw each other, I was by the set uh, where you guys were on campus at Notre Dame doing some stuff, and you were on set there. It was freezing rain, and it turned out to be kind of a real kind of outlook for you and your USC Trojans that day. I don't want to rub it in, but I just had to start there. Uh, Listen, you might as well rub it in because we deserve it. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I was super pumped to be there because that was my first time back since the 05 game, obviously. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. 
it was awesome. And then obviously the game didn't didn't go as planned, at least for me. But yeah, it's a good thing you don't have a guy on the show with you every week that gives you a hard time about it either with Brady Quinn. Huh? I mean, th- this guy is just obnoxiously like relentless about Notre Dame. I will just say this always. I'm like, dude, you, I just say this. You, no matter what happens, I you never you never beat us when we were there. So you just never beat us, and that's what I that's what I stand by. No matter what, that's all I could say. Listen, if you got if you can hang your hat on that, that's a good one to hang it on. So looking overall at the Pac-12, something obviously you were such a huge part of. Seeing it now in its last year, five teams are in the top 25. It looks like you won, as we'll get to maybe getting to be there at the end of the season. But just overall, from a nostalgic kind of way of looking at it, what does it feel like the, the last year of the Pac-12? Yeah, it's it's you know it's kind of sad. You know, obviously, just the traditionalist in me and, and being a part of that conference where um, I, w- I was personally a part of some incredible teams at USC and. Um, just the memories I have of being a part of that conference, you know, those are things that I'll, I'll have forever. So, so it is a little bit bittersweet to kind of see it dissolve and, and everyone kind of, everyone's kind of moving in their own direction. Um, but you know, we all know that's kind of the landscape of what college football is and that's, that's the way it's going and you kind of got to get on board or you're going to get left behind. I I will say this. So I think it's been, it's been kind of awesome to see. And and I hope it ends up with a PAC 12 team in the playoff. That's, that's what I hope happens. But it's been great to see because this conference, I think, is the deepest in college football. Uh, you got multiple Heisman candidates at quarterback. You got great teams. Um, you got a lot. I mean, and, and you know, the, the, the tough part is they might all beat up each other, which is kind of what's happening now already. But I'll tell you what, they're, they're kind of going out with a bang. And um, it's been really high quality football. You kind of got a lot of everything. You know, you got the the back and forth, the USC games. You got Michael Penix Jr. lighting on fire. Oregon, to me, is – I think they're one of the best teams in the country. I, re- I really believe that. I think they have a real good shot of of winning out and get to a playoff. We'll see what happens. But, um, you know, it's, it's a little bittersweet. But I, I'm happy that it's – it's you know, they're going out It kind of with the bang. Like, because it's been really great football this year. It, it is – very ironic that, and I agree with you, it's the deepest conference in the country mm-hmm. and it's the deepest quarterback conference in the country as yeah. well with the talent of com- uh, of quarterbacks there. And it's going to it's gonna be defunct after this year. It kind of blows my mind. So along those lines, you just said it about Oregon. So I, I guess that's where you're going to go. In your mind, who is the best team in the Pac-12? Yeah, I think it's Oregon. And I I don't want to say I don't think it's close because I think it, it is and I know they lost to Washington, but as far as as far as the most complete and kind of they're hitting their stride. I mean, that win against Utah was was really that I mean, Utah's tough and I don't think this is yeah. the same type of Utah team, but they've been kind of the standard the last couple of years and um they they have all the pieces. You know, I get to see a lot of teams in in the Big 10, uh national, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, um, see some Texas, you know, I've seen Texas, like they are as good as anybody, in my opinion, they have a, they have a strong defense and, and the playmakers, but Bo Nix is a stud, man. Like th- this kid, I don't, I don't, I think he, he gets a little overshadowed because Caleb Williams is so good. Michael Penix Jr. Is just, you know, they're throwing the ball all over the yard. Um, and then even outside the conference, there's been some, some great quarterback play. Bo Nix is really special. I think he's playing himself into potentially a first round. Um, and, and I'll tell you what, that team is loaded. So 
that's my pick as of now. Again, I think anything can happen, but I'll tell you what, they are, they're really good, like really good. Yeah, they put up 35 on Utah. Is known to have always such a tough defense. Right. Uh, and you're just hoping they don't cannibalize one another and we actually right. get to that Pac-12 title game in a rematch of Washington and Oregon with possibly the winner uh, getting into the playoffs. As far as your alma mater and USC, what what do you think is is needs to be fixed the most on that team? There, there's a lot, you know, I, I think, you know, you look at, you know, you look at the defense, obviously that's, that's first and foremost. And, um, you know, whether it's schematics or whether it's personnel, I, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of issues on that side of the ball. Um, and, and again, I, I've watched enough film on them, you know, just, just, you know, missed tackles and stuff like that. So, you know, you hate to point the finger, but it is what it is. I mean, proof is in the numbers and, and what they're, what they're putting on film. So, you know, that, that's something that I think as Lincoln continues to build, I, I just say, you know, I try to look at the silver lining, you know, he is in year two, he overhauled the whole roster. Um, he has the best player in college football, maybe, maybe ever, you know, who knows, but Caleb Williams is as good as they come. Um, you know, I think Caleb is masked some of the deficiencies that they have as an, as a team, um, because he's so good. And I think, I think they're a little too reliant on him just making plays. I think, you know, Notre Dame was a perfect example. Like if you can take away some of the things that he does really well and kind of force him to try and be great at a time, the result happens, turnovers, and then they kind of go stagnant sometimes on offense. That's just not all on him. You know, I think offensive line has been, um, you know, at times they've really struggled. So again, there's a lot of things there. And again, Lincoln is building this thing. Um, I, I think, you know, as the fans and even myself, you know, you get frustrated because you want to see things happen fast and you have all of these expectations. Um, I, I do think that we, including myself, need to kind of sit back and let this kind of, you know, build itself out. But um, certainly if they're going to compete and if they're going to compete in the Big Ten in a year, um, th they have to get better in a lot of areas. And that starts with the recruiting and then you can attack the transfer portal. But if not, you know, the Big Ten is no joke. You know, they're, they're, they could get beat up out there if they don't get better in a lot of these, especially up front. You know, that's the big thing. That's the difference, as you know, SEC, some of the Big Ten play, you got to be really good up front on both lines. Do you believe Caleb is the best pro? Not There's a difference of best quarterback in college football right. and, and best pro prospect. Do you think he is the best pro prospect? And if so, how do you see his game projecting at that level? I, I do. I, I really do. Um I, I just everything that he does and and first to like and, and I know this as well as everybody like you know if you you know physically but it's also mental it's also how you prepare it's also how you you, you approach the game and all of those things you have to be a student you have to love it and live it every moment of it and I could we, we could all talk about how great he is physically like like he's as rare the running the throwing some of the the throws that he can make off balance, like all of that stuff is very Mahomes-like. I think that's the the comparison that he gets a lot of. But I'll tell you what, I know him well enough and I know his approach and his mental part of his game, I think is why I think he's just so good. Like, because he genuinely wants to be the best quarterback to ever live. Now, that's, that's, that's a very lofty statement. That's a lofty goal. But like, he believes it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not lip service. He, he, he goes to work every day. He goes home. He doesn't really care about all the other stuff. So, like, I, I just think the way he handles himself and his approach to the game and his work ethic combined with the unreal gifts that he has, 
that's just to me why I think he has a chance to be that special. And again, uh, you know, the, the NFL is a different beast and, and you got to go to a right op- right franchise and a right organization and opportunity that can really highlight what you do well, as we know at that level. But um, telling you what, call it out, coming out of college, I, I just I haven't seen better. I, he's just that good, in my opinion. So I want to ask you about Coke Zero Sugar in a second. But along those lines, and and it's about Caleb, but it's not about Caleb because it's the way we're going. We heard his dad come out and say that maybe he right. wouldn't go even number one. He might go back because of the money he could make. And whether I, I don't think he'll do that if he's number one because my thought is next year at number one, it's going to be a bad team again. You were the 10th right. pick overall by the Cardinals back in, in 06. Could you, in today's day world of NIL, could you envision this ever happening where a guy, because he can get whatever millions in NIL, that he wouldn't go number one to a bad team and wait for the next year to go in the draft? I, I can't see it happening. Yeah. I, I think if it's if it's if it's if you're projected maybe late first, second, third, of course. I mean, yeah. I, I could see you staying and and you're in a market where you can make a couple million bucks. Absolutely, I, I think that that would be a real scenario where you'd have to sit back and really kind of analyze the situation, but. Absolutely not. Like if he he's all but guaranteed, in my opinion, the number one pick in the draft. We don't know what team that's going to be. I would be shocked if he came back to school. I just would. I think that you know, listen, that guaranteed money is real. He can say all he wants about nil, or he's not even saying much. You know, whoever, all of the talk and all the rumors. um, You know, there's just no comparison. So um, yeah, and again, at the end of the day, number one pick, you're going to go to a team that. Uh, most likely needs a quarterback, you know, and, and, and that team has struggled. I mean, that's just the way it is. And that's why you're brought in to change the franchise, you know, to change the, to change uh, the organization. And, uh, but I, I don't, I just don't see him sitting out. I, I just, I, I could, I can't envision that happening. I, I'm with you. And that's why I want to reiterate. I said earlier, it's not him saying that it's the right, people right, around right. him that are, that are bringing that out. It's not him. So tell me what you're doing with Coke Zero Sugar. I drink it all the time. I dig it. Big fan of it. So me, what do you got going on? Me too. It's, it's, it's my favorite, uh, favorite soda, favorite drink. Um, so this campaign is really cool and it's about finding the best fan ever. And we all know college football, in my opinion, diehard fans, uh, they're the best fans in sport. Um, you're kind of born into fan bases and families and you got to eat, breathe, sleep, uh, college football. And um, so Coke Zero Sugar and I were on this campaign to try and find the best fan ever. We've been at multiple stops so far uh, picking out some of those best fans. Um, but the cool thing is, is the national best fan. So at the end of the year, Coke Zero Sugar will announce that best fan ever. And that winner will win um, a, a Heisman-like trophy. They'll win the first ever FIL deal, which is the fan ah. image likings deal. Um, they'll win twenty grand in stipend money to go travel to games next year, um, and a lot of other cool stuff. So it's a really cool deal, and it's just you know, Coke Zero Sugar is just highlighting the fans, and and uh, again, that's what makes our sport so unique. So it's pretty cool to be a part of it. Yeah, no matter what changes go on in sports, especially right. in college football, the fans are always going to be there. And I'll leave you with this. Are you now going to become a Big Big Ten fan? <laughs> Is that right? your USC? I know, I know. Right? I, I just can't. I can't wait to see. And again, I don't really get to go to the SC games because I'm traveling all the time. But I can't wait to see for one for USC fans to get a taste of the Big Ten because it's awesome football. It's It's just the weather and just the fans. But also for some of those big teams to come out to the Coliseum and and for for the USC fans to get a taste of 
playing the Michigan's, Ohio State's, uh, Wisconsin, Penn State's of the world coming out to the West Coast, man. So um, I think, you know, as we talked about earlier, it's, it's kind of bittersweet, but um, at least, you know, those brands and, and being a part of a, a really incredible conference, I think will be great for USC. So. Well, the, the, this has been awesome. I enjoy talking to you, and that, that's why I really hate to do this and leave it this way, but Notre Dame 48, USC 20. Sorry, <laughs> I just, it just I, I had to say it. Awesome stuff from Matt Leinert uh, there uh, and Dad. Uh, very cool program that they're running there, too. So uh, excited and glad. I was glad you did that, Dad. Uh, our buddy Dane Christ, who uh, was quarterback with us, is a longtime listener to this podcast. His brother got married to a USC family last weekend, and Dane did the same move that you did in his best man speech, was to mention the final score of the Notre Dame SC game in front of that hostile road. Environment. I, I'm wondering, though, I mean, you've gotten to know Matt, I believe, over the years a bit. Now, you weren't in couldn't be part of this interview have you have you come to come to terms and peace with the bush push have you talked it out with him in that whole situation because of how much that has scarred you so I don't know Matt super well, but the first time I met him was actually at the national championship last year, Georgia and TCU, and he was in a box at SoFi with Reggie Bush. It was the day that it got announced that Reggie Bush was going to be a part of the College Football Hall of Fame class okay. for that year, so it was kind of a celebration, and I got to meet both of them, and I remember talking to my buddy after, and I was like, I'm pissed. They're both awesome. Like, yeah. Matt Leinart is everything you would expect yeah. the cool USC quarterback to be with all the magnetism, all of the charisma, rallying people together. And I'm like, I can't even hate these guys anymore. They gave me the worst moment of fandom in my childhood. <laughs> and yet, here I am wondering, man, I hope I get to hang out with these guys again. So, yeah, no, we didn't have to talk it out because they immediately disarmed me with their charm. I hate So you it. wanted to hate them. You, you were you so going badly. in fully wanting to hate them, yeah. Absolutely, I wanted to hate them. I was supposed to be at that game, and instead yeah. I had to watch as they subverted the best Notre Dame team of my lifetime up until that point with a play that honestly had ripple effects into now and helped create the brotherly shove. Like, yeah. you go back, that is one of the most important college football games of the 20th century, but also just in general, one of the most important football games, period, because of what it ushered into existence in the Bush push. But yeah, wanted to hate those guys and unfortunately could not. Um, so thank you to Matt for that. While we were listening to that interview along with you guys, uh, a thing happened here inside uh, our studio that I wanted to bring to light. So Kendra Middleton, who does a great job over at Nessen, tweet it out I say this every year but the disrespect for Thanksgiving is insufferable and we're about at that time right now so the, the calendar is clicked over to November and I always use this day as a PSA to remind people if you want to throw up the Christmas decorations today that is your prerogative, baby. You do not need to live in fear of all these naysayers. I feel like this word has been co-opted, so I want to change it. I used to call it woke Christmas, which was this idea in theory that Christmas as a season can span from November until Valentine's Day if you want it to. Right. Because this isn't about some religion. This isn't about corporate greed. This is about using the light sounds, tastes, and all other elements of Christmas season as a mode to beat seasonal depression. Most of the country's under the permacloud at this point. If you're in a cold weather place, chances are you're kind of feeling the sads at certain points in this season. I know, Dad, you guys got your first snow in South Bend. This can be a means to combat that. If it makes you feel happy, damn it, there's enough sad in this world. Go ahead 
ahead and do it because Christmas is a season and Thanksgiving is a day. It's a fantastic day. We can argue all we want about the merits of that particular day and what it means is what we can do on that holiday, but it's a day and we'll get to it and we'll love it up and we'll celebrate that weekend with football. But guys, I don't know if you agree with me. I think it's a day in the midst of a larger season. 100% you're correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and even if it, even if you are playing into the corporate greed, like I don't care. The Starbucks Christmas cups make me happy. Okay, oh, I yes. don't care. I like them. All right, I don't care. They're the best. Yeah. Oh, no, I listen. think this this is where I think Mike, your mother, and I are most proud of what we've passed on to you, three kids, <laughs> you and Jake and Sydney, about understanding and, and, and you said it and i mean there is there's going to be so much oh my god people starting to have their christmas music going yes we finished halloween here in south bend and we had everything out for for that for halloween gave out the candy the big bars and it snowed on us but it's fine people were out and we put those away we head out to arizona we will next week your mother will have the christmas trees up Mm-hmm. And and with with no apology, never has there been an apology, because how can you be mad at something that makes you smile? I mean, when you hear Christmas music, when you see Christmas decorations, when you just see the and feel the atmosphere of Christmas and you're happy, how does that turn somebody off? How do you how do you become this hater of how early you do it because you think you're dissing Thanksgiving, which, as you said, Mike, and you're right, is a day is a day that we will celebrate. We will, I don't, you know, we will do all the Thanksgiving things on Thanksgiving and we'll watch our football and do our thing. But man, it is Christmas season. It makes us smile. It makes us happy. So I am all in on, always have been, always will be. Yeah. And we can't, I I mean, it kind of comes back to the whole trend these days where it's like, just let people enjoy things. Yes. Like why, just let us enjoy, let us have this, you know? Completely agree. Jesse, you also brought up a caveat for Thanksgiving that yeah, I feel more yeah. need, people need to embrace because the Thanksgiving food comes in the crosshairs a lot. You've got an entirely different approach. Yeah, so my family decided years ago we're just going to eat whatever we want for Thanksgiving. And if somebody wants to have a traditional thing, totally fine. We're cool with it. No hate. But, like, for example, this year I'm hosting Thanksgiving. My mom's sending pounds of stone crab claws to my house. Like, because oh. we, want, we want stone crab claws, so we're going to get them. You can have whatever you want on Thanksgiving. Boom! I love that attitude. Mm -hmm. There we go. I hate when people say this, but normalize just cooking whatever baller food you want on Thanksgiving. It's a holiday to embrace gluttony and football, and we're going to do just that. Coming up next, we'll find out how Ryan Fitzpatrick feels about Christmas and maybe Thursday night football next. What do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision and just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy.
Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., and Jesse Cofield. And very excited now to be joined by uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, former NFL quarterback, one of the great hosts of the NFL on Prime that you guys see every Thursday night, getting you ready for the big game of the week here. And as we found out in the lead-up to this, apparently Halloween connoisseur here. Ryan, how you doing this morning? Doing great, guys. You know, the Halloween hangover. Not, not from the beer, but just from the candy and the high of the haunted house that we put together at our house. All right, so, well, for, for my son, Mike, it is an actual hangover because yeah, he was out drinking wine and such. <laughs> but So fill us in on it because I love this. I love when people dive right into this. You make your house a haunted house. Yeah, so we, we put black tarps over the front porch, and then they had to walk through there. You know, my age range, I've got 16 to 4, so we've now got the 16-year-old who doesn't want to go trick-or-treating, the 14-year-old <laughs> who this year – was a full convert to worker of the haunted house. And then everybody else kind of goes out and does their thing with mom. But we've got the jump scares. We've got different scenes with aliens and toxic waste, a lot of black lights. Uh, It's pretty fun. Is this something that you change up the themes of every year? Or do you have tried and true staples of the haunted house and the Fitzpatrick house? Yeah, so the toxic waste is a staple, you know, and I just take like the insulation spray and then we do neon colors with it. Last year, it got a little over the top. You know, I got a shipment of eight mannequins that came to the house and my wife is shaking her head. (laughs) What she didn't know was the next day there are eight more coming. So (laughs) these these mannequins are like, you know, six foot to six, two which my oldest son is now 6'3", and so he fits perfectly. You know, we dress him the same as some of the mannequins, and then he comes out and scares oh. people. But uh, it was it was a lot of fun. We've got a system, the red, yellow, green system. Red, hey, don't scare them. They're little kids. Yellow, okay. Let's do a little scare, and then the green means go. Let's get these people. That's what I was going to ask you, wow. because I would imagine that with the age range, there might, maybe were some complaints of saying, you know, my three-year-old is now traumatized and can't sleep <laughs> ever again. Well, yeah. Has this yeah. been a trial and error thing over the years? How long have you done this? And was there a bad learning experience <laughs> where you realized yes. we need to put this system in place? Yes, we've learned from example. Uh, we've learned from example. But this is something, depending on where we've lived, depending, you know, in Tennessee, we had a crawl space under our house where we were able to make it a haunted house. That's kind of where it started. So that was 2013. Uh, but yeah, we've we've been a traveling circus and we've we've taken this Halloween show on the road for sure. But I had to buy a shed last year to fit all of the crap just to throw it in. Uh, but you know what? The, the mannequins, they also serve when we had to overseed our backyard, which is what you do in Arizona in the wintertime. Yeah. You got to keep those birds away. And so I just have the mannequins out there standing like this and the birds don't mess with my grass seed. 
So anyone that may see Ryan Fitzpatrick's backyard in Arizona (laughs) is going to see not a scarecrow, but just a yard full of mannequins. Oh my God. It's, it's it's weird. It's, it's creepy. It's weird, but that's what we do around here. That's awesome. So wait, Ryan, now you're this into Halloween, which is awesome. And we love, and we've seen some other people over the years that have fallen into that as well. Where are you at on other holidays? We were just having the debate about when you can start to put like Christmas decorations up and holiday decorations around this time of year, knowing we're not yet past Thanksgiving. So where do you fall on that? Yeah. So my wife is huge into all holidays, but Christmas, especially we have the, the tree can't go up until after Thanksgiving. That's a, that's a real hard rule in our family. Um, we usually do, we've, we've got a, a couple fake ones we'll put up, but then we do the real, right. uh, real tree, the big one. And, um, that's, that's a family affair where we'll go out and, and get it. We haven't done it much in Arizona, so that'll be a little bit different. Um, just a different feel than doing it where it's cold yeah. outside or on the East Coast, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, nothing walking around at 85 degrees trying to get yourself a, a Christmas <laughs> tree. <laughs> Definitely a little different. See, we are different there. Like next week, I'll be back in, in Arizona. Our trees will be up. We have no oh, problem wow. getting our trees up, putting it on hold for Thanksgiving that day when we, we eat everything in the world, and then going back to Christmas. So, uh, yeah. And, and as we said, to each their own, you know, if it makes you happy, makes you smile, do your thing. Right. You know, and so for us this year, because of black Friday football, like we're, right. we'll be in oh, New yeah. York That's for right. Thanksgiving, yeah. the whole family. So we may, we may put it up early too. I don't know. You know, we'll have to check it out, but I'm kind of a hard, not until after Thanksgiving guy. So very, a very traditional man. We appreciate that about our friend, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, Ryan, in the midst of all that, you did mention uh, you have the Black Friday football game this year. You guys have Thursday night football coming up and, and Titans Steelers to some people might not seem like the sexiest matchup, but we do have this Will Levis infusion of quarterbacking going on right now. What did you make of the first start from the rookie uh, out of uh, uh, Kentucky? Uh, it, it was unbelievable. So I think probably for that whole organization, it was so refreshing um, you know, they had two, well, Tannehill had two touchdown passes on the year and Derrick Henry had one and he goes out and throws four in his first game. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins getting loose downfield. I think the, the biggest thing and, you know, playing quarterback in the NFL is hard. And so he had a lot of, uh, you know, great play action down the field shots. There were a couple you know, one on a third and three that he hits, but the guy's out of bounds. Another one, one of his guys, tight end drops. So there are even more yards out there that he had, but I think it was so fun. And you could just hear a buzz in the stadium when the ball was going down the field. And there's this trend with rookie quarterbacks where it's like, check down, check down, check down. You know, I want to throw a 75% completion rating and make sure I don't throw any interceptions and make sure it's not my fault or this kid just got out there. And it was so refreshing to see him play action and put the ball down the field. And they gave him a great plan, too. A couple of those, you know, were just on his first read and guys were wide open. But he uh, he played great. And for us, I mean, what a great shot in the arm for this game. We're really looking forward to seeing him play. So along those lines, that was an incredible beginning. And we've seen incredible first starts at times before. But fill us in and tell us about when reality is going to set in that he's still a rookie quarterback finishing a season. Yeah. I mean, there, there weren't a whole lot of, uh, you know, third and six to 10. So third and six to 10 is kind of where you really find out. And then also as you get tighter in the red zone there where a quarterback's got to make good decisions, he's going to have some pressure on him. You're going to have to get through your first and second read. 
Um, so, so as you get into those things, when it just gets that much more difficult, defenses get more difficult. There's more pressure on you. There's more pressure on you to make decisions faster. You're throwing the ball before somebody comes out of his break. Those are the things like as you progress as an NFL quarterback, you just get better and better at. But, um, you know, things he didn't have to do a ton of in that first game. That, that being said, wow. I mean, we are we're so excited, you know, to watch him play. And, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, you know, they trade Bayard away and it's like, OK, fire sale. Here we go. Their season's right. over. And this kid comes out and plays and there's just a new energy on that field for this team. You mentioned the Bayard trade there. We've got about a minute left here, Ryan. Was there a trade yesterday as the deadline came and went? We saw the pass rushers from Washington move. We saw a couple other trades around contenders. Was there one that you thought is going to benefit a team, especially a contender the most down the stretch here? I, I like Chase Young to the Niners. Um, I, I think for both of them. I think it's going to help San Francisco, but I also think it's going to help Chase. I, I think getting him in a new environment, uh, getting him around some new players, just, you know, that work ethic, that mentality, the way that they are, uh, I think that'll be mutually beneficial. But that one, uh, you know, there were there were rumors, but to get rid of Montez Sweat and Chase Young, um, I was a little surprised at that, but that's the point of the commanders and where they're at right now. And then also, you know, not a trade, but the Josh McDaniel stuff, you know, that coming across the ticker was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, the uh, Pacific time zone getting a real big win there as everybody in the East Coast was asleep, waking up like, what did the Raiders do last night? Yeah, I was still scaring kids at that point. You know? <laughs> that is awesome. Had to take off the mask for a second, shut yeah. down the lights, honey. We got to go to work here. We got to go to work. Ryan, we appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much. Hopefully we'll get to talk to you again soon. Good luck cleaning up all the remnants of the haunted house out there. See you guys. Thank you. Thanks, Ryan. Mike, it's, remin it's reminiscent of Jason Fitz, right? Does it doesn't the mannequins? He, he does the mannequins, right? That mannequins scare the hell out of me. I mean, absolutely scare the hell out of me. No. That was uh -uh. the more I think about it, we saw the pictures of Victor Wembenyama dressed as Slenderman, yeah. and that's really what freaked me out. Is he just looked like a seven foot four mannequin? It's exactly right, and you were wondering where the stilts were, but he didn't have any because he's freaking seven four. Yeah, didn't need stilts, none required there. Coming up next. The Rangers on the cusp of glory. We'll see how they got it done next on Gojo and Gold. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
Welcome back to Gojo and Gold. We got to check in on the World Series here. So last night in Game Four, we had a good one. Rangers defeated the D-backs 11 to seven. And prior to the game, guys, the Rangers got some really bad news. So Max Scherzer, three-time Cy Young Award winner, lined up to perhaps pitch in a Game Seven here. And Adelise Garcia, in the midst of a remarkable postseason, both of them injured out for the rest of the World Series. So they get that news, then they go out, put up 11 runs, win the game. Doesn't matter that their two stars here are out. So the dudes who put up a lot for them, Simeon and Cole Seager. Now this is what the Rangers envisioned when they signed Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon for 500 million almost two years ago. Look at that production, fellas. That's what you want when you pay $500 million for two dudes. Yeah, and 10 runs before the third yeah. inning was even yeah. over. They came <laughs> out in a full lather. Now, they said Adolis Garcia actually addressed the team in the locker room before the game, and a lot of them contribute and attribute that hot start to him getting the boys fired up. They said he was really vulnerable in that moment because you do get these awful news. We've seen he's been a spark for them this entire run. You can go all the way back to the pivotal moment of him getting hit in the Astros game and the benches clearing brawl, then it will brawl in quotes that ensued. Yeah, yeah exactly. But he's meant a lot to that team, and he He's been a huge source of offense for that team. And so for them to go out there and find that in his absence, Dad, and now be one game away from the first uh, World Series in franchise history, really impressive response from that team after that bad news, which is hard to do. Yeah, it really was, man. Again, your one-two hitters going four for ten with seven RBI. It's, it's just amazing. It was interesting with Arizona pulling Mandiply, their starting pitcher, one strikeout into the second inning, and then Castro comes in and just gets dealt on. We we know they use a lot of pitchers. The bullpen had been good uh, throughout the playoffs, but now, yeah, after three innings, you're down ten to nothing. After eight innings, it's eleven. Uh, it's eleven to one, and then they put up six runs in the last two innings, but really not much of a threat there. So, as they say, the champagne is on ice. Uh, right now for the Rangers, one of six organizations that have not won a World Series. It looks like they're in, in prime position to get that taken care of and take themselves off the list for that one. You know, it starts to make people say, oh, you know, the, the Phillies would have been a better opponent uh, for Texas and this, and everybody wanted, you know, that storyline. Sure. Actually, they wanted the Phillies in Houston, but, you know, it's not the way it works. Arizona played well when they needed to to get right where they are. They deserve to be there. Uh, and unfortunately, it's not unless the Diamondbacks can make really some kind of an incredible run here. Uh, it's not going to be a very, very interesting on the field World Series. Yeah, this doesn't need to be one of these things where we use it as an indictment of the process and how we got here and the postseason format where we're going to flash the ratings for this. I've already seen, I know the game one ratings were not great for the World Series, and I'm sure the others have reflected that right now. But at some point, sports does need to be a competition. And I get yep. in baseball, it is weird. Like, if you wanted to tell me you wanted to revisit some of the baseball stuff because it's not a system that rewards the team that was the best all season long because you've got so many games, I get all the complications from that. But I feel like baseball fans have kind of made that exception much the same way that fans of, like, college basketball accept the fact that, yeah, you've got a really exciting tournament that's almost never going to crown just the flat-out best team in college basketball because large sample sizes that lead to single elimination tournament is not a 
math problem that yields a consistent answer, but I, I think this is one of those things. It just happens. I feel for the Diamondbacks fans who had to be sitting there shell-shocked at Chase Field last night, yeah, wondering yeah. where it all went so wrong there. They've got an exciting young team. There's a lot for them to still be thrilled about going towards the future, but Dad, sitting there expecting your team to try and climb back into the World Series and seeing them get shelled that early while you're trying to manufacture some energy in that home crowd is a tough road to toe. Yeah, it's just t- tough to come back from, and congrats, you know, it – Baseball, we know, is, is so many stats in this. They're the first team in World Series history to score five or more runs in consecutive innings within a single game. And Seager now has 19 career postseason home runs. That's tied for sixth all-time, second among shortstops behind Jeter, who has 20. So, you know, they're, just like we were talking about the Phillies when they were in this, the bombs that they were hitting, it, uh, the Rangers are, are doing their own thing as far as in the record books uh, as well, growing and uh, and getting it done, and, and it's just a matter. It seems now just a matter of uh, when, not if they close this thing out. There we go. Clip that for when the Diamondbacks storm back and win the yeah. World Series and <laughs> have that huh? ready to go. I'd Hopefully- love to see that. Hopefully we've made now, Dad, just make sure we isolate that. We don't need any more context. We just need that to make the clip for the Diamondbacks when they inevitably put out some social comment about all the co- or social content about all the haters and doubters that were starting to pile dirt on them when things looked their most dire before they storm back and get this done. So we'll have that clipped and ready to go. In the meantime, uh, off the field uh, in this series, I think a little more interesting battle amongst the stadium foods during the World Series. Dad, Chase Field, let me know how you feel about these menu items chase field had four offerings at the game last night that were of the specialty variety they had the pork belly banh mi dog the cajun shrimp fries tenderloin steak nachos and the millionaire steak sandwich for the people eating at home there there was also i believe an apple pie chimichanga available there Oh. as well so you've got that on one side give me the give me the middle give me the middle two of those say the middle two again so you want the cajun shrimp fries yes. and the tenderloin steak nachos yes that's where i think i'm going there yeah that sounds real and of course that dessert yes absolutely so all that plays for me uh not as big on the apple pie front so you could probably save that for somebody else i don't like fruit pie i like dessert pie and that is my prerogative for the ranger side dad their success okay. should be no surprise to anybody. Uh, they have got a dish named in honor of their catcher, John Heim, called the Heim Hammer. It is a $99 offering, a beef shank meal at their ballpark, and it is substantial. Uh, you get it. They usually shave it off the bone for oh you, but my you get the bone, gosh. and you get to enjoy all of that goodness. I saw Alex Curry and Ben Verlander from the Flippin' Bats podcast go and taste test this, and Ben said, you could charge $199 for this, and I would probably pay for it. It is that good. Wait, how big? Does it say how many ounces it is? How big it is? I, no, I didn't see it that. it says that it can feed, it's expected to feed six to eight people. Well, that's we know that's says, no, no shot. That's two goalies. Challenge accepted, I mean, yeah. yeah uh, but yeah. it comes with tortillas, salsa, cilantro, onions. So the idea is you sit there and it's the meat's falling off the Ooh. bone and you make little tortilla, oh. little tacos. Oh, yeah. wow. Is $99, like I understand stadium food is generally pretty expensive unless you're going to places like Atlanta or you're going to Augusta and watching the Masters. But is this is ninety nine too steep to put in a ballpark? Not well, if you're I, I splitting it between a group that, of people. That's, exactly. If you're splitting it, and you know it's supply and demand. People demand, it and then you supply it. The thing to me is, 
if you're, I can see that being served in like the suites, but if you're in the stands, where, where are you? Are you just setting that tray on your knees? I mean, how are you, how are you dealing with that monstrous hunk of meat? You know, if you're just in the stands there. Yeah, it seems like you got to get a tray for that. And I'm yeah. sure as they give it out, it seems like a tray comes with that. You might have to stand somewhere. So you've got to make plans. And I feel like you got to also do your scouting report going into this and know I'm going to order the beef. Honey, we're going to order the beef shank tonight. Right. So we probably need to make sure that we've got a place to lay this down because if not, you're going to find trouble. Yeah, and it's no, this, it's yeah. Hurtado Barbecue. So this guy has... He has um, restaurants in Arlington and Fort Worth, and this is the first year he has like a permanent stand inside the stadium. And I guess he has like beef shank ribs and all this stuff, and the lines have been insane for his for his stand. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. All I know is when we end up down there at some point, we're, we got we got to go to that place. Yeah, the two of you can Check split that, that easy. Take that down. Hey, easy. And you know what? Based on what we talked about before, bring on over the beef shank for Thanksgiving. You don't yeah. got to go ham and turkey if you don't want to here. Right. Why not right. a beef shank? We did Thanksgiving with my family three or four years, four years ago, and we were in Austin, Texas, and we did Terry Black's barbecue. We just did straight up barbecue. So, it was amazing. Let me ask you quickly, Jesse, have you ever had like friends over for Thanksgiving who weren't part of the family that didn't know about this and were stunned that there was like no turkey? We haven't. No, no, we haven't had extras at our Thanksgiving yet, but I am hosting a Friendsgiving this year and I may just, you know, freak everyone Ooh, out and not without telling food. them. Yeah. Wow. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to do uh, it. Surprise, I made you a meal with infinitely better food than you're used to <laughs> yeah. at any given Thanksgiving. And I love Thanksgiving food. I have a great time with it. I obviously think turkey is like sixth down yeah, on the yeah. list of Agreed. things that people look forward to. But there is better food out there, to Jesse's point. And so shock dropping that on your friends, that just makes you a hero. And I'm not afraid <laughs> to use that word. Coming up next, let's get to an unlikely animal friendship that made its way to the ice yesterday. Welcome back to Gojo and Gold. Michael Jr., Michael Sr., Jesse Cofield here. We're going to finish it off the way we always do. This, that, and the third. Three quick stories to send you off into the rest of your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating. And you can check us out here live Monday through Friday, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern on DraftKingsNetwork.com, the DraftKings YouTube channel, Samsung TV Plus, and more. Or if you missed any of this great show and our guest, thank you to Matt Leinert, former Heisman Trophy winner and USC quarterback, as well as Ryan Fitzpatrick former NFL quarterback and current member of that Thursday Night Football on Prime Desk, and our friend Charlotte Wilder, the co-host of Oddball with Amin El Hassan. If you missed any of those guests, you can check it out right after we air, right here on YouTube where it'll all be loaded up, or wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, let's get to this. Uh, this is something we all could have seen coming. Joel Embiid the other night, in the midst of a raucous victory, authored the uh, WWE celebration, a bunch of pelvic thrusts, the likes yeah. of which we've usually seen uh, in the NFL field that we know can get you fined. It's the Suck It celebration made famous by Generation X, and the NBA fined him money for that, which then the WWE, because they don't miss opportunities to market, promptly invited him to join them uh, at their next WrestleMania event, which 
Apparently, Joel Embiid kind of scared everybody with the reply saying he didn't think he was going to be in Philadelphia at that point. Yeah. Dot, 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 NFL. So I don't know how you guys received that, Dad, but I'm sure Philly always at this point walking around on eggshells with him oh, after the whole Harden thing. With, without question. But this is the second time he's got fine for that, right? This time 35K, did it against the Nets uh, last time, last year and got fined 20, or in January got fined 25,000. And yeah, the, the tweet from WrestleMania, hey, Joel, I know a place where you can do that all day and everyone will love it. WrestleMania 40 is right there in Philly. That's Triple H who's running the show there now. Uh, but yes, and then everybody will concentrate on, I'm not sure I'll be in Philly part of that from Embiid. These players and what they can do on social media, man, the greatest of being, you know, when they're mad at their team, they scrubbed everything from their team. You know, there's no association with that team anymore. What's going to happen? It is amazing how the, the control players have now. Yeah, I wonder unreal. what he was talking about then. They're going to have about- away games. That's what he was saying. I think he was just saying, like, I, we're, we have away games. I'm, I'm not going to be. Well, Wrestle, WrestleMania 40 is supposed to be in April of 2024, so it would be still, I guess, in the NBA. But why did yeah. he hashtag NFL there? I don't know. Yeah, that's confusing. That I don't know if it's an April. You mean yeah. to go with NBA? Like I, I, I'm assuming you're right, Jesse. That yes, they should be in the middle of more like high leverage basketball at that point and be good to go, but. I the NFL hashtag threw me off. Pablo Torre finds out. We need you guys to get on top of that. Get for to us the bottom here. of this. Yep. But uh, if there's one thing that's been made clear, clear across sports leagues is if you're out here simulating sex, mm-hmm. they are going to find you, yeah. and they're going to make sure that these kids don't have to watch that monstrosity uh, going on. Uh, I kid. Uh, let's yeah, because they that. won't see it anywhere else. That's for sure. Definitely no. Yeah. Not. Nowhere else uh, <laughs> no. are they sold sex during the body of a sporting event in America yeah. in 2023. Or that any button happens. you click on your computer. So yeah, no worries there. What are you talking about? Anyway, yeah. uh, uh, Jesse, you know. let's get to that. Uh, we've, we've been waiting a couple of days to get to this now, finally. And our man Gritty made it happen and broke the curse in Philadelphia. Like a, um, a headline I didn't think I would be reading. I didn't have this on my bingo card is Gritty. Gritty holds up emotional support alligator Wally during Flyers game. So I don't know if you guys remember uh, this gator was denied entry into a Phillies game like a couple months ago. And now the gator came to the Flyers game and was welcomed with open arms. And it's gritty like bobbing up and down with the gator that has me weak. It has me weak. It's incredible. It looks like such a cute gator is smiling. Yeah, is this like a teacup gator? Why is it so small? Is it a baby? I I don't know. And and it was during the Lion King cam where they go on the cam. Oh, it was Simba cam. Yeah, exactly. And and there, it looks cute. It looks, but I just can you trust the little gator that at some point he's not going to lock down on your hand or your arm? I mean, man, that's just. Okay. That's a t- it looks so cute. I, I'm with you guys. It looks cute, but I just see my hand being just ripped on by that thing. Guys, it's eight years old, so it's not a baby. Okay. Oh, but he would cook a widow baby. It's, oh, it's six feet long, and it's baby. 55 pounds. So my dog is twice the size of this thing. Oh, see, he's just a widow guy. Yeah, yeah he's like a lap dog. But, but like unfortunately, Jesse, I would take the alligator over your dog if they battled. Yeah, yeah, I, I would too. My dog's oh, a huge baby. Oh, look at Gritty giving him a hug. It, 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 it does look cute, but man, I, I, I just can't do it. Can't trust it. Can't do it. Won't do it. Oh, nope. uh, see, so, so you're afraid. You're afraid of the little gator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, oh, I would. 
I would give that little gator a hug. I saw a uh, shout out to uh, a friend of mine, uh, Devin Caney, who works over at Sports Radio WIP in Philadelphia. I saw her take a picture. She was hanging out, had the gator in her lap, unafraid of it. So apparently, wow. Dad, Philly Sports Talk wow. Radio built tougher than you. You've gone yeah. soft on the national I, level. I, I guess I would have to give it a shot, right, if I were with Wally and uh, and, and, and felt the need. Uh, I just... I don't know. I just don't want I don't want us to do one of these stories down the road that says, you know, Wally, you know, gripping on some arm and wouldn't let go. You know, don't need that. Yeah, that would not be very emotionally supportive. No, it would not. You would <laughs> and need some emotional and- support after that. That's yeah. a great reminder that Wally is here to do a job and you guys are holding on to old narratives about the alligator community and trying to throw that propaganda out there in the face of a gator that's just he's trying to not do my, He's not my yeah. emotional support animal. He can What's be... What's the old... Yeah. What old narrative are we talking about? Oh, alligators alligator bite people? Kill monsters that are just rare to drag you into the lake and dismember you? Yeah, okay, it's called a death Google. roll. They do yeah, something just, called a death roll. Just Google alligator in Florida and see what you come up with, okay? You know what, Dad? Google Google man in Florida and see what you come up with. And we're supposed to look at them like they're the monsters? That's true. That's very true. That's that's true. I'll give you that, yeah. and mate. Yeah. Uh, Guys, let's get to the third here. Speaking of things Mm -mm. that strike terror into my heart, there's levels to this. And Halloween got extra spooky in Dubai yesterday, Jesse. Yeah, right outside the Burj Khalifa, we had a drone show going on. And let me tell you, if you were just walking around and not... Not expecting that it was very look at the first of all the Burj Khalifa is like the t- it's the tallest building in the world so how tall is this skeleton that's out here so it's just, terrifying just no no if you're, if you're listening on the podcast there is a giant so the Burj Khalifa I don't know I, I need to look up how tall the Burj Khalifa is I but to it. Jesse's point it's the tallest building in the world and a group of drones have been formed to create one giant moving skeleton. So you've got what appears to be thousands of drones that have all been coordinated together to form the shape of a skeleton that can not only exist, but move alongside this building. In one of the scariest things I've seen on two fronts, one, well, I know you're not allowed to do drugs over in Dubai. In theory, if your edible had just hit and this oh, is the first no. thing that you'd see, you would immediately burst into flames because it is terrifying. I couldn't imagine being in the building and looking out the window and seeing eye level with that. I've been eye level in Chicago in a building when the Blue Angels were going by for the air and water show. That, very cool. Seeing a plane eye level with you doing fun tricks. This, seeing drones in the shape of a skull with red eyes. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. But guys, I don't know about you. I'm even more concerned about how coordinated these drones are because that smells doom. Yeah, they seem like they're uh, working with each other, which I don't, oh. I don't like that. Working with each other and not for us. Yeah. So this is just a we all know it's coming. We all joke about it. We all laugh about it. We all get a little serious about it. And then it's going to happen. Then what? Then what? Well, Mike, you keep saying you're you're preparing for the apocalypse. You can't prepare for this. Yes, you can. You can't prepare for this. Super soakers. We all yep. better be stockpiling super soakers. <laughs> take Same. the take the you know governor off that thing, whatever it is that makes it so that you can you know spray little kids. Take that off because all we have to do is get them wet. 
That's it. That's it. And we are mm. children of the signs generation. For the kids that grow up scared of that alien in that movie, jump scaring you across the screen and learning at the end that that little girl keeping that water by her bed was actually the thing that was going to save humanity against these aliens that could travel across the cosmos but apparently couldn't get a little wet. That's what we're going to need in the robot revolution before yeah. they figure out how to insulate like my Apple Watch has. Yeah, you have to you have to find out what one thing is it brings them to their demise, right? Whatever that might them. be. That's, yeah. But they can't charge. Just we just have to destroy Unplugging every power. We gotta destroy every power charging station. Humans of the world, unplug your valuables and uh, things in your home. Do your part against the robot revolution. Do your part to fight the algorithm for us. Download, subscribe, rate, review. Thank you so much. We'll talk to y'all tomorrow. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done